Continuation, page 19, chapter 4. Jesus is talking to his disciples about how to serve God. John 13, 1 and 2. Now before the feast of the Passover, when Jesus knew that his hour had come, that he should depart out of this world unto the Father, having loved his own which were in the world, he loved them unto the end. And supper being ended, the devil having now put into the heart of Judas Iscariot, Simon's son, to betray him. 1. Love everybody, even your enemies. Jesus, when he was on earth, served God the Father, and we are all supposed to imitate Jesus. The three and a half years he spent on earth, he loved everybody, even his enemies. From the day he was born to the day he departed to the Father, he loved them to the end. No wonder that his faith always worked on earth, since we know that faith works by love and God is love. If we want to please the Godhead, we must love our fellow human beings. He who says, I love God, and hates his brother or sister, is a liar. For he who does not love the brother or sister whom he has seen, how can he love God whom he has not seen? 1 John 4 verse 20 Sending everybody to hell, or wishing our physical enemies to die, is not practicing the love of God. This is what the Lord tells us. Say unto them, As I live, says the Lord God, I have no pleasure in the death of the wicked, but that the wicked turn from his way and live. Turn, turn from your evil ways, for why will you die, O house of Israel? Ezekiel 33 verse 31 Jesus even loved Judas Iscariot, his betrayer. He wanted him to turn from his wicked ways and be saved. To the end he loved Judas and even washed his feet. Jesus did not like what Judas was doing. He was a thief, stealing from the money box of his ministry. John 12 verse 6 We do not have to like or condone the evil behaviors of people, but we have to love them with the unconditional love of God. Also, Jesus did not like the hypocrisy of the rulers of the Jews, the religious leaders of his days. He said, Woe to you, scribes and Pharisees, hypocrites! Matthew 23, verse 13 Paul also did not like it when Peter and the other Jews were playing the hypocrite. He withstood Peter to his face and rebuked him openly. Galatians 2, verse 11 to 16 we do not have to like or agree with the evil practices of people, but we have to love them. Jesus loved those scribes and Pharisees and even Judas, because he died on the cross even for them. Jesus tells us, But I say unto you, love your enemies, bless those who curse you, do good to those who hate you, and pray for those who despitefully use you and persecute you, Matthew 5, verse 45. Then Paul will hammer the point home. Bless those who persecute you. Bless and do not curse. Romans 12, verse 14. For if you only love those who love you, what reward do you have? 
Do not even the publicans or tax collectors do the same? And if you salute your brethren only, what do you do more than the other? Do not even the publicans do so? Be therefore perfect, even as your Father who is in heaven is perfect. Matthew 5 verse 46 to 48 Jesus is asking us to see people as God sees them. They are his creation. He sent his only begotten Son into the world to die for them, so that none of them should perish. Even when people are not believers, we must see the work of God in them, for they are his creation. You and I, brethren, are sons and daughters of our Father in heaven, for he makes his son to rise on the evil and on the good, and sends rain on the just and on the unjust. Matthew 5 verse 45 2. How can I lovingly serve others, even my enemies? Jesus could love even Judas because the Spirit of the Father was in him. He saw in Judas someone whom God wanted to save. Jesus was doing everything unto the Father. So when we serve, we are not trying to please men or be seen by men, but are doing the will of God from the heart. Ephesians 6 verse 6 Many times we are frustrated in our service because we are trying to impress people. Thus when they do not notice us or appreciate us, we are frustrated. But if in our heart we already know and believe that we are serving the Lord, it helps, because we believe our Father, who sees in secret, will reward us openly. Matthew 6 verse 4 See Jesus in everybody, and it will be easy to serve them as if you were serving Jesus. Jesus tells us, For I was hungry, and you gave me food. I was thirsty, and you gave me drink. I was a stranger, and you took me in, naked, and you clothed me. I was sick, and you visited me. I was in prison, and you came unto me. Then shall the righteous answer him, saying, Lord, when did we see you hungry, and fed you, or thirsty, and gave you drink? When did we see you a stranger, and took you in, or naked, and clothed you? Or when did we see you sick or in prison, and came unto you? And the king shall answer and say unto them, Verily I say unto you, Inasmuch as you have done it unto one of the least of these my brethren, you have done it unto me. Matthew 25 verse 35 to 40 Jesus was trying to have them realize that he wants them to see Jesus in every believer, and to see a believer to be in every unsaved person. If we knew that the person standing before us was Jesus, our attitude would change. We would serve with all our heart. Abraham entertained three strangers who were going to Sodom, and two of them were angels, and one of them was the Lord Jesus. Genesis 18 Paul tells us, Let brotherly love continue. Do not forget to entertain strangers, for by so doing some have unwittingly entertained angels, and even the Lord Jesus, like Abraham did. Hebrews 13 verse 1 to 2 When we have that in mind, we will respect one another. We will refrain from talking anyhow to people, because we see Jesus in them. 
The truth is that Jesus is in them if they are born again. Jesus and God the Father are dwelling in them through the Holy Spirit that they received when they believed. I was doing a Bible study in our home church, and one of the sisters said to me, Brother G, you do not know my husband. I cannot see Jesus in him at all. He's a madman. I can see Jesus in my pastor, my elder, and serve them with love, but not my husband. He is mad. Forget it. There is no hope for my husband. I kept quiet for almost 20 minutes because I did not know what to say to her or how to help her see Jesus in her husband that she thought was mad. She vented all her frustrations concerning her husband. And the Lord, by the Spirit, led me to open in John 10.20. And I said, Sister, you said your husband is mad and you cannot see Jesus in him. Let me read to you the word of the Lord in John 10.20. And many of them said, He has a demon and is mad. Why do you listen to him? So I said to the sister, You see, people also thought that Jesus was mad. Is it not what you are saying about your husband? And they said, Why should they listen to him? Is it not what you are saying about your husband? Why should you listen to him? Why should you lovingly serve him? The people in the day of Jesus did not understand Jesus. They did not understand what he was talking about. It might be that you have a problem of communication with your husband and you do not know what he means deep inside when he talks to you. The crowd did not understand him, but the disciples who were close to him, when they were home, they would ask him to explain what he meant in his discourse. I said, Sister, maybe you need some closeness with your husband to understand what he means, like the disciples were close to Jesus and they could know what was in the heart of Jesus when he made those discourses. She said, We already live in the same house. What more closeness can we have than this? I explained to her that the brothers of Jesus lived and grew up with him in the same house, but they did not believe in him at all. John 7 verse 5 Being under the same roof for years does not guarantee the closeness and the intimacy. Judas also was with Jesus but betrayed him at the end, for he did not believe in Jesus. I helped her the best I could with the scriptures to show her what Jesus could do in her situation. 3. Do not focus on people's shortcomings. Only Jesus is perfect and does not have shortcomings. All of us, in one way or the other, need working on. We are a masterpiece in process. We are God's workmanship, created in Christ Jesus unto good works, which God has preordained that we should walk in them. Ephesians 2 verse 10 God is a potter and we are the clay. Isaiah 64 verse 8 he sets us on the potter's wheel and moulds us until we are conformed to the image of his son Christ. It is time for us to stop looking at the straw in our neighbour's eye, for many times we do not see the beam that's in our own eye. Matthew 7 verse 3 Let us believe that God is at work in that brother's or sister's life, and it will be a masterpiece when God is through with them. But what can we do meanwhile? 
We still have to deal with people's rudeness, bad temperament, filthy language, manipulative ways, etc. Paul tells us, Finally, brethren, whatever things are true, whatever things are noble, whatever things are pure, whatever things are lovely, and whatever things are of good report, if there is any virtue and if there is anything praiseworthy, meditate on these things, Take an inventory of these things, conclude these things, suppose these things, esteem these things, and impute these things. Philippians 4 verse 8 Many times we only focus on the bad side of people, but God is asking us to take an inventory, to list all the things that are praiseworthy in the life of people, and to focus on that. 4. Show no partiality in serving. There is no such thing as a second-class citizen of the kingdom of God. When we are in Christ Jesus, there are no Jews, no Gentiles, no circumcised, and no uncircumcised. But Christ Jesus is all in all. Colossians 3 verse 11 For Jesus is our peace, who has made us both one and has broken down the middle wall of partition or separation, having abolished in his flesh the enmity, that is, the law of commandments contained in ordinances, so as to create in himself one new man from the two, thus making peace. Ephesians 2 verse 14 to 15 as far as God is concerned, when we are in Christ Jesus, both Jews and Gentiles are the same before him. They are one new man in Christ. We have received the same Holy Spirit. The same Holy Spirit who was in Jesus is the same who is in his Jewish disciples, is the same Holy Spirit who is in the Gentiles. Peter was shocked when God poured out the same Holy Spirit upon the Gentiles, though they were uncircumcised. And the Gentiles also spoke in tongues, Acts 10, verse 44 to 45. Brethren, no matter what our past life has been, when we come to Christ we become one new man in Christ. Let nobody look down on you because you had a different path in life, because you were not born in church, or did not grow up in church, or had a lawless life. When we come to Christ, we are the same one new man. Self-righteous brethren can look down on us and despise our service to the Lord, but we are accepted in the beloved Christ. Ephesians 1 verse 6 this is the way we must see every believer, regardless of their background. We are one new man in Christ, and therefore we honor them and serve them as if we were serving Jesus himself. No one can forbid you to serve the Lord, no matter what your past has been, because you have received the Holy Spirit, just as they have. Acts 10 verse 47 Peter, who prior to that thought the Gentiles were not clean, so they could not be one new man in Christ as they were. Finally, he had this mind-blowing, ground-shaking revelation, and opened his mouth and said, I perceive that God shows no partiality, or God is no respecter of persons. But in every nation, whoever fears him and works righteousness is accepted by him. Acts 10 verse 34 to 35. 
Brethren, you are accepted by God, by Jesus, and by the Holy Spirit. Never feel that you are an inferior child of God. Through Jesus Christ, now that we are one new man, we both have access by one Spirit to the Father. Ephesians 2 verse 18 Brethren, your access is not restricted. The same access to God that Jesus had is the same access that you have, is the same access that Peter had by the same Holy Spirit. You can come boldly to the throne of grace that you may obtain mercy and find grace to help in time of need. Hebrews 4 verse 16 all the mercies and graces you will ever need for serving the Lord is made available to you, just like it was available to Jesus and to his disciples. You have no limitation. For God who dwells in you through the Spirit, his power is without limit. Numbers 11 verse 23 You never have to feel inferior in the sight of God because you were born in a nameless part of the world, in a despised village, town, country or continent. Jesus gave us the best example. He lived and grew up in Nazareth of Galilee of the Gentiles. Jesus despised that part of Israel with passion. They say about Jesus and all the people who came from his region, Can anything good come out of Nazareth? John 1 verse 46 The religious leader said, Search and look in the scriptures, for no prophet has arisen out of Galilee. John 7 verse 52 But Jesus proved them wrong. Brethren, where you come from is not a limitation. God is in you. With God, all things are possible. They accused Jesus of being a bastard, saying to him, We were not born of fornication. John 8 verse 41 Insinuating he was born out of fornication, since Mary was pregnant before being wedded to Joseph. Brethren, let the religious and self-righteous people talk about your past. It does not matter, and God has accepted you and Jesus too. You are fit for his service. Jesus met the Samaritan woman at the well of Jacob in John 4. He ministered the word to her. She was married five times and divorced, and the man she had now was not her husband. But Jesus gave her no condemnation because of her past life. After she believed in Jesus to be the Christ, Jesus used her as a powerful evangelist to go and evangelize Samaria. All the men heard what she had to say about Jesus, and they followed her to where Jesus was, so that they too could hear the words of Jesus. Brethren, there is no partiality with God. We have the same access and the same Holy Spirit. People sometimes think that if they were born in a certain part of the world, they would be more effective for ministry. People walk with an inferiority complex and low self-esteem. The world may look down on you because of where you come from or your speech, but God did not make a mistake when he created you. You are the crown of his creation, his masterpiece. You are fearfully and wonderfully made. Psalm 139 verse 14 
God has made from one blood Adam, whom he created, every nation of men to dwell in all the face of the earth, and has determined their pre-appointed times and the boundaries of their dwellings. Acts 17 verse 26 In other words, God is the one who planted you in that part of the world where you are living. It is not a mistake. He loves you and he loves where you come from. You do not need to be born a Jew or born in Jerusalem or be baptized in the Jordan where Jesus was baptized to serve the Lord acceptably. Even in the remotest parts of the world, when you receive Jesus as your Lord and Savior, you receive the same spiritual benefits Jesus himself had. We are saying God does not show partiality. If the Jewish born again has more benefits than the Gentile born again, then God will be showing partiality. If believers from the Western world who can afford to travel to Jerusalem and be baptized in the Jordan, where Jesus was baptized, have more spiritual benefits than a believer from the Third World, who will never be able to afford that trip to Israel, then God will be showing favoritism. Will he give more spiritual blessings to the rich believers who can afford the trip to Israel or afford the holy water from the Jordan or who can afford the anointing oil from Jerusalem? They look like stupid questions, but many believers in many ministries are sending their people to Israel, telling people to be baptized in the Jordan. They sell the olive oil from Jerusalem and the holy water from Jerusalem. Jesus said, you will know the truth and the truth will make you free. There is nothing wrong with visiting Israel as a tourist. It is a beautiful country and people, if they can have money, can visit it. It has good history. But many ministries are deceiving people and letting people think that if they go there and be baptized there in the Jordan and have water from the Jordan River or the olive oil from Jerusalem, they will have a greater spiritual blessing. Paul will tell us, Who has bewitched you, O foolish Galatians, that you should not obey the truth? Galatians 3 verse 1 Paul tells us these are men of corrupt minds and destitute of the truth who suppose that godliness is a means for gain. 1 Timothy 6 verse 5 Then what is the truth about all that? The Samaritan woman at the well in John chapter 4 asked Jesus a crucial question. Our fathers worshipped on this mountain, and you Jews say that in Jerusalem is the place where one ought to worship. John 4 verse 20 Are you saying that if I do not worship in Jerusalem, God does not consider my prayer? Are you saying that location matters to God? I have heard some preachers saying that there is a special portal in Jerusalem, in Bethel, on Mount Carmel. So, if I want to be blessed, I must go to those places and sow a big amount of money. Not just in Israel. They have special revelation from God that there are other portals, but especially in their city. Cities where they have their churches. So they ask people to sow a big amount of money because they have a portal over their head. 
May God forgive preachers. God has blessed you with every spiritual blessing in heavenly places in Christ. Ephesians 1 verse 3 You have an open heaven everywhere you go. For when Jesus was baptized, God rent the heaven and sent the Holy Spirit on him. Luke 3 verse 21 if this was not enough to make you believe, when Jesus died, the veil of the temple was rent in two from top to bottom. Mark 15 verse 38 God was letting the world know that in Christ Jesus your heaven will always be opened. When God rent something in two, who is he who will go back with a sewing needle to sew it back together? God was telling us that we have access to him now. I do not need a portal that is in various geographic places when I have an open heaven 24-7 in Christ Jesus. Jesus said, I am the door. If anyone enters by me, he will find pasture. John 10 verse 9 Since I am born again, I am in Christ. I have entered the door which is Christ Jesus. He has opened a door for me that no one can shut. Revelation 3 verse 7 And no one will shut my heaven because Jesus is the one who has the key of David. Revelation 3 verse 7 To shut my heaven you need to take the key of David from Jesus. Jesus says what is in his hands no one can pluck it out of his hands. John 10 verse 28 and he said, I am going to the Father. My Father is greater than I. John 14 verse 28 Jesus is in the Father. In other words, if anyone wants to get back the key of David to shut the door that God has opened for me or shut my open heaven, he has to defeat God the Father first and then defeat Jesus. It'll never happen. Furthermore, not just Jesus is my door and has opened a door for me, rent the heaven for me, but he has placed me in. I am now in Christ. I am not standing on the other side of the door. I am in the house. I am seated with Christ Jesus at the right hand of God the Father in heavenly places. Ephesians 2 verse 6 Therefore Jesus told the Samaritan woman that the location does not matter anymore, either in Jerusalem or in Samaria, or to the end of the earth. It does not matter anymore. The hour is coming and now is, when Jesus will be crucified, buried and raised from the dead, ascend back into heaven, then send the Holy Spirit. At that time, people will be neither worshipping God the Father on this mountain of Samaria, nor in Jerusalem. John 4 verse 21 The people will be worshipping God in spirit and in truth, for the Father is seeking such to worship Him. God is spirit, and those who worship Him must worship Him in spirit and truth. John 4 to 24 the Father was desirous to indwell human beings so that he could have a permanent fellowship with them. To be continued.